Welcome to PopX Cast, a podcast that brings together the worlds of pop culture and science fiction in a way that breathes life into our inner child. From nostalgia to all things retro, pop culture news, film reviews, and the retro rewind, we explore all realms of geeky goodness. So find your comfy spot, top off your glass, and don't forget those pizza rolls in the air fryer because it's time for PopX Cast. Listening to Pop X Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. Here we go! Pop X Cast. I was born in it, molded by it. Pop X Cast. <laughs> Excelsior, welcome everyone. This is Pop X Cast coming to you right here on this beautiful Father's Day. I know Odyssey isn't going to be uh, talking about that here in just a minute, but man, it has been a fun day here in the Burke household. And I was just talking to Lindsay right before the show, and she was telling me, like, we had a blast today, too. Lindsay, be- yes. be- before I tell my shenanigans, you got to tell the, the the chat what happened in the Badger household today. Oh, man. Give you us, guys, it give has- us a 30 second, if you can. Just, I can't. I'll keep, I'll keep uh, it keep bullet it, yeah. pointed. Do yes, because we got a lot of things to cover today. It has been a love, fa- love <laughs> fest in oh. the Badger household today. We, we surprised Dad this morning with a full-on breakfast, mm. full spread, including oh. Starbucks coffee. We... Surprised him with the new Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge game, which is iconic arcade goodness. It even features some some toys and characters that aren't even in the movies. It's actually just merch that they've brought to life. So it's super fun. Okay. We games all day. And then we finished off the evening with made from scratch pizza. Come on. Oh. Come on. My daughter was oh. in the kitchen kneading that dough Come and on. sweating away in that Praise kitchen. And she Lord. was just putting Made all it. the love. <laughs> there is an anointing oh, coming from the Badger household was, right now. There was so much. I mean, decorations galore. That man can't be loved anymore oh, today. I think he's man. reached his limit. <laughs> That's awesome, Lindsay. <laughs> you know, I, I'll, I'll share with this really, really quick with you. Mom and Dad Bert came over today. So we got oh. to go. Well, I got to. We went to church together, and then, you know, we got to have some family portraits. And one of the cool things that our church provided was 
free family portraits. That's okay. so nice. So we, it, they're on my, it's on my IG if you guys are interested, at Joseph Burke Arts. But uh, it was a great time, and we got to hang with Mom and Dad Burke today. They Very stayed man, about five, six hours with, with the fam today, and it was just really good. And we had some good food. We went out and had dinner together. It was great. It was great. Awesome. What? What? I know. Um, see, I'm not a dad by by physical means, but I am a fur baby dad. Yeah. So I know that you and I kind of have that in in common at the moment. So yep. uh, did you? Did you? Did Buddy spoil you today, Austin? <laughs> <laughs> he did not. He he did get to hang out in the yard with us while we shoveled mulch into our flower bed for almost four hours. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. a process. It was okay. it was soil. It was weed killer. We had to go Yummy. It, that was our day, right? But we got a lot of stuff done. And uh, my, my dad will be coming later in the week to uh, do a little Father's Day celebration nice. with me. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. You tell my Before. uncle, I, tell my uncle I love him. I will, man. I'm going oh. to, you know, I call him the silver fox now. <laughs> man, he's, he's getting, it's, it's turning into the white fox. That oh, hair, man. Oh, I'm, man. I'm in for it, dude. dude. When I'm 40, oh. I'm dude. Bad, bro. I don't know, man. I've not really. I got, I got, I got a little bit of action going this on is, here that I'm not super it, excited about, but it's okay. I'm 42. This is not just for men, y'all. No, this man, is, this is. Embracing. Yeah. Embracing oh, good, the man. season, man. Thank I'm you, man. Bears. Bears, good. It's, it's like, on point. Chat, what is up? Welcome to Pop X 142. I know it's been like six weeks since our last show, <laughs> and the only person to blame for that is me. Uh, I'll be able to be been honest with you. a little busy. That's an understatement. Life, yeah. is, life has been extremely chaotic for me in, in a good way, in a good way. Um, yes. There's a lot of things going on right now, and, and I'm in a lot of directions. I'm, I'm planning a trip to Atlanta for about four or five days coming up in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. It's just nonstop crazy. But I, the cool thing is I do get to see Love and Thunder in Atlanta. Oh, let's go, baby. But um, I'm happy with that. But, uh, Chad, it is so good to be here with you guys. John Poffenbarger in the house. We got Jeremy Stoltz hanging out with us. DC was already getting the chat warmed up. Yeah. Right as we begun, I she, mean, she was warming up all the the seats. I saw. Yeah, yeah, DC yeah. in the house. So uh, let's go ahead and get this open, Austin. If if you will be so inclined, sir. Okay. Hey, hey guys, welcome to uh, welcome to Pop X, the the place where the science fiction meets the pop culture. We want to say Happy Father's Day. I know we've already talked about it, but to all of y'all watching, the fathers, mm. the the fur baby daddies, like Joe said, anybody. <laughs> who represents the the fathers out there, man. Happy Father's Day. Hope everybody had Fasha. an amazing, uh, amazing weekend for sure. But I'm Austin Burke, the Appalachian geek at heart. Uh, we are back, and we'd like to welcome everyone joining us live in the PopX.Live chat room. You guys can come hang, hang out with us. Uh, join the conversation at PopXCast.com if this is your first time tuning in to PopX. The first 10 to 15 minutes, we run down the numerous headlines since our last show then we're going to deep dive into all things nostalgic on today's Retro Rewind, <laughs> which, which I'm very excited about because I've never been able to talk about this movie with anyone. Uh, and then oh. at the halfway point, we're going to hit today's topic. And let me tell you, oh. today's topic it's going is to get big, good. It's the biggest show in Netflix history <sighs> right now. Yeah. And I can't wait. Yeah, dude. This is we ain't got to the end yet. We we're still excited. We ain't even there, <laughs> man. We're only just a smidge of the way there. And it's just 
absolutely bonkers. But yeah. hey, guys, I am Joseph Burke, Central Florida's comic uh, seasoned comic book nerd and retro enthusiast. I also joined Lindsay and myself. We're in now the creative multiverse, but we also now are Twitch streamers. Lindsay and myself. Lindsay does Badger Makes, and I do Joseph Burke Arts. And But we also come together under the umbrella of the creative multiverse and under Badger Makes. And so a lot of times you might see me on Lindsay's stream, or you may see Lindsay on my stream, or you may see a lot of people on both of our streams. <laughs> the yep. cool thing about it is that's where if you want to see us creating art, we're right smack dab in the middle of June Tune. Uh, today will be day 19 of June Tune, and so we're doing these art prompt challenges. You've heard us talk about this before, it's but true. it's fun. Come hang out with us, watch some art, have some good, funny conversation, and join us in the Creative Multiverse. The Discord link is right there, that QR code right below that beautiful Badger Makes uh, emblem that you see on your it's right sweet. screen. It's new and shiny. It's so like pretty. Look at that badger. I'm over here looking at look on the, the stream. Oh my so God. look, we got Joseph Burke Arts, Austin Burke, and Badger Makes officially oh represented gosh. right there on the right-hand side. It's all it's the so feels. It's That's so cool. Feels. Yeah, come over and watch us doodle. We're, we're, we're darn good doodlers. We, we have darn, fun doing it, too. We're darn good doodlers. Darn good doodlers. Darn come on good over. Doodle me. So, uh, yeah, you guys, my name's Lindsay. Lindsay Badger, Badges, Badger Makes. I'll answer to pretty much anything, even mom or hey, you. Hey, um, <laughs> If you guys missed Mommy. our... <laughs> I know it's been a couple of weeks, guys, but make sure if you missed our last episode, which was one for one... We talked about Doctor Strange we and did. that multiverse of madness, and it certainly was mad. Um, and then we rewound and got a little retro with Tom Hanks' Big, mm -hmm. which was, oh, I love that movie. It's so a much. great movie. Um, so if you want to go check that out, make sure you go over to our official website, popxcast.com, for that and all of the awesome other shows from our past collective archive of geeky goodness. Mm -hmm. And I know we have probably a, an hour plus of awesome content, but you guys, we need you to ask one, just one favor. If you would tonight, make sure the thumbs up button's clicked. If you haven't yet, and I don't know why you haven't, hit the sub button, turn the notifications on because when we go live, you don't want to miss it, right? So we're going to do that. Podcast friends, I need you to click on the five star button. Maybe write a happy face or something really nice in the chat box there and hit submit. If you guys could do that for us, we're going to give you all this good content for free. For free. For free. For free. Call today. Heck no. Operators last. are standing by. <laughs> but wait, if you call in the next 10 minutes, we'll send two. That's two for $19.99. Yes. Anyway. Well, if you can handle it. <laughs> 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 Texas is obscured. What? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> something about it. All right, guys. Are you ready? So we've, we, we we tried our best to narrow it down. It's six weeks of news. We've had a several. A sampling. There's several passings that has occurred in those past six weeks, but um we're we're, we're going to push on through this, and we're going to, we got the, we got the, I, I think the best of the four. I don't know, but don't go anywhere. We got headlines coming your way right here on Pop X. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is Pop X News coming to you live <laughs> right here on popxcast.com. And Austin is still hitting that thumbs up button, guys. You literally have to do your uh, job, or this guy's going to be stuck in this so position. Good. Don't uh, forget to do it, everyone. Don't do it. forget to do it all. Don't click, click it. 
click it, unclick it, and then click it again. Just, click don't, your, just click, don't turn it off. Click It'll the magic click button. It, I'm not gonna move, click so it. You gotta click it. Click it. If you don't click oh, it, you click it or tick it. Click I felt it. Click <laughs> <laughs> it or my tick job. it. I'm the highway patrol. Back right. up, Kentucky. Uh, all right. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Leading off the news this week, last year, Destin Daniel Cretton uh, signed a deal with Marvel to direct a sequel to Shang-Chi uh, Shang and The Legend of the Ten Rings and produce an MCU series for Disney+. Plus. Now, at the time, everyone assumed that Cretton's Marvel series would be a spinoff of Shang-Chi. However, wow, 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 there is a however in the middle of that. Oh the Hollywood Reporter has broken the story that the show will actually feature Simon Williams. The hero known as Wonder Man. Wonder Man was created in 1964 by none other Mr. Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. No stranger names there. And also we had Don Heck in on the mix as one. Uh, so it, these guys created it. And he was an Avengers villain starting off. There you wow. go. So he okay. may very well start out to be a villain. So bad guy turned um, good guy. Really yeah. cool character, though. Simon Williams was a disgraced business executive who made a deal with the Masters of Evil to gain superpowers and join the Avengers with the goal of betraying them from within. However, Simon ultimately decided with the Avengers, even though he knew it would cost him his life. Now, Simon died, but no one ever really dies in comics, right? Mm -hmm. He was resurrected in the 70s and became the member of the Avengers. Now, Simon's powers include flight, strength, enhanced vision, and senses, as well as superhuman speed, energy manipulation. Despite his name, he has no connections to DC's Wonder Woman. All right, so Wonder Man is also one of the rare comic superheroes to embrace life as an actor and a stuntman. So think like yeah. Mortal Kombat's Johnny Cage, yes. but... Okay. Marvel Comics version yes. of that. Additionally, he was one of the co-founding members of the West Coast Avengers, who we've been talking about for a while. Mm -hmm. We have White Vision. We have, we Vision. have Lady Thor. Yeah, we've we been have Miss Marvel for a while. Now we've wow. got. We may have Wonder Man. Austin Burke, I go to you. They're 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 doing so many things. I mean, we've talked about. West Coast Avengers, we've talked about the Thunderbolts, and they just recently announced that that's in the works, even though we won't have Thunderbolt Ross. So that's sad, but but there are so many you know building blocks <clears throat> and puzzle pieces coming together. Now, I, I thought the Wonder Man thing was going to be in passing. I didn't think we'd actually get a Wonder Man his own thing, so that's super cool. My question is, how do they tie this in? Who are mm -hmm. we going to cast? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a big character. I know it doesn't seem like a big character, but Look at his list of abilities. He could be a big character and a key role in the formation of the West Coast Avengers. So I, I think this is great news. Dude, it's going to be crazy having Wonder Man <laughs> in the <It's> MCU. Crazy. <laughs> it's just bonkers. I mean, he's so obscure, but at the same time, I remember reading in him in West Coast Avengers, White <laughs> Vision in the 80s. Yeah. And you you haven't heard anything of the the hero Wonder Man in twenty years, and now I, they're I, pulling I this one. I feel like this is going to be a prime suspect for an origin story series moment. Yeah, I think so. uh, I, I don't know anything about this guy. Yeah, and I feel he's going to start out like like the text said. I feel he's going to start out I, as a villain. I love first. how it, that starts and then yeah. it turns. That's yeah. that's going to be very interesting. I'm right? excited Gosh. because I freaking loved Shang Chi. Mm -hmm. So if we have that energy and that creative pull into this, whatever this becomes, I'm all on board. 
Absolutely. Let's say that right. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Chat. What do you think about it? Let us know. Chime in. Come on. On that for sure. All right, guys. Um, let's go on to the next one here. Yes, Uh, It's it's not an exaggeration to say that HBO has a half dozen Game of Thrones spinoffs in development. (laughs) But prior to today, the six (laughs) projects that we knew about were all prequels, including the upcoming House of the Dragon series. However, a seventh potential series has emerged. Seventh. Seven. That's a lot. Stop. That's That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. My goodness. Um, And it may finally push forward the timeline of the George R.R. Martin, a song of ice and fire beyond the original show. According to The Hollywood Reporter, HBO is developing a Game of Thrones sequel series centered on Jon Snow. (laughs) Interesting. Hello. Kit, Mr. Kit Snow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Kit Harrington. He's the one. He's the actor that plays Jon Snow, and he will do it through all eight seasons of Game of Thrones. Obviously, he um, died, came back to life. He's still the same guy. Yeah. Anyways, uh, all th- <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> You haven't seen it. <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now, my God. Where were you? Uh, although Harrington's frequently spoke about his desire to move on from the series, uh, it, the Hollywood Reporter reports that he is attached to star in the spinoff should it actually go forward. For now, there's no writers officially announced for the potential sequel. And in the final episode of the series, Jon Snow was exiled from Westeros. So despite the fact that he was... Uh, that we was the only he was the only living Targaryen heir, mm-hmm. so he was kicked out. Yeah, yep. and instead of making a play for the throne, John reunited with the Wildlings and returned to the True North beyond the Wall. Yep, which is where we left off, and so <clears throat> that's the end of it. Lord essentially, knows, yeah. That's, I mean, well, the, the boat, the boat going out is the final <laughs> scene. But... The end. End scene. <clears throat> the end. So, uh, yeah, you, that story could go anywhere. It could be him continuing north and starting a new life elsewhere or it could be him regathering his strength and coming back to reclaim what the throne is rightfully his what if he what if so, he goes for the throne yeah That'd i mean be he interesting. could do something completely like different too who knows I'd like that well he that would be really rad you know his bloodline and correct me if i'm wrong but around isn't around like four or five season that his bloodline is is tied to the oh yeah to the throne we discovered room? that he yeah essentially is um hanging out with his aunt so he's yeah there's a lot of weirdness you know it, there's a whole lot of weirdness in that show press it's a it's a yeah not for children show if if let's let's see if lord of the rings was mormon <laughs> that's a good way <laughs> wow I'm just joking I'm That's teasing. Not far off. That is actually not far off. <laughs> it's actually really accurate. If you I am. About it. You know, big love. That Thanks. literally Lord just came. That is brain vomit out of this right here. The, I apologize if any of my Mormon friends. I am just comparing television I think we just shows. Lost three subscribers. There goes three people. They're like, okay. Well, Sorry, guys. Come back. on storming the castle. <laughs> okay, we'll just say LDS then. All right. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I get you. Uh, um, I, I think honestly, I would be on board. Uh, the prequels, not so much. I don't think a they're, lot. Yeah, there, there. It, it, it sounds like to me like they're um, 
Martin is trying to create a, a multiverse, a Marvel I, I, I version. The world, okay. I'm yeah. not no hate on the world at all, except for the last. Yeah, That's but um, <laughs> yeah, but um, the the whole world that he created is absolutely glorious. But you're like gonna spread it too thin. It's gonna cheap out and be really yeah. hokey, and, yeah. and you're, it's there's gonna be holes poked through the goodness. And then you're gonna start screwing with thin. the timeline. Yeah, then and there's then gonna be like time travel and, and like lizards and well, weird stuff. And, well, you, <laughs> the more here's the thing though: the more shows you have, the continuity of the origins show is gonna start getting skewed. Yeah. Because things, it's just not going to work out. You're going to have a split yeah. in the timeline. Yeah. And then, you know. It'll be like, it'll be like comparing time. DC to Marvel at that point. But, um, all right. So. Wow, we spent a lot of time on that. We did, actually. It's okay, though. <laughs> um, let's see. Austin Burke, you're up, Buttercup. Speaking this one, of split <laughs> in the timeline. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Oh, this is. This story is crazy. Warner Brothers and DC Comics have been in a bit of a pickle after Ezra Miller's recent antics. The actor has been arrested multiple times while vacationing in Hawaii for the alleged harassment and disorderly conduct at a karaoke bar. This is, is this, this the reverse flash? This no, guy, this is the flash. This guy. Um, <laughs> for an alleged assault at a private event. Miller is also being accused of grooming and threatening violence against a young woman who is currently 18. Since she was 12 years old. Oh, great. Uh, Warner Brothers has yet to announce that they're doing this, with, what they're doing with the situation. And now a new report from Deadline claims that the studio is in a lose-lose situation. Mm. The report also revealed that they will no longer include the actor in future DC projects after The Flash. Probably a good decision. There's no winning in this for Warner Brothers, Deadline wrote. Uh, this is an inherited problem for Zaslav. Uh, the hope is that the scandal will remain at a low level before the movie is released and hope for the best to turn out. And Zaslav's plan to make DC an explosively successful division like Marvel under his newly structured studio with its own new boss, the non-binary identifying Miller we hear is simply not part of those plans going forward in the future universe, regardless if there are more accusations and allegations or not. Now, my question is for you all, is this a good decision? In my opinion, I, I think it's best to be done. It's going to stink for the movie. It's going to taint the movie, to be honest with you, because we have somebody that is inevitably going to be recast, but I think you have to be done with Ezra Miller because this is psychotic. Uh, yeah, I, I think it, it's that's obvious. Boy's got some daddy issues. Yeah, yeah. We, Boy's got, got some daddy gotta issues. we got to let that go. We yeah. don't need to, if you, no, that's no. a snow. Um, Honestly, I you know who I feel bad, I, and you guys will agree with me when I say this. You know who I really feel bad for in this entire project, Michael Keaton. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I feel oh, bad for him because you know, I kind of regard him as kind of like this. I don't want to say idolized, but this like this like character. This is like, this is not just a, a small event. Him getting back into a bat suit, guys. Oh, no, this is big freaking deal. Yeah. What are you doing, Miller? I mean, it's just yeah. like, come I mean, on, man. Yeah. Get your gonna, crap to together, keep, bro. Yeah, we're going to have to keep that out of the limelight. He does not need the, the, I think attention, he, the attention that a celebrity <clears throat> status garners. Does it, People like that don't deserve that. Yeah. It, it's, it's this bad PR. And well, you know, <laughs> you're rubbing, you're rubbing shoulders with some of Hollywood's greatest, Michael Keaton and, 
Jason Momoa, uh, Henry Cavill. I mean, you, what are you doing, bro? Well, and I mean, Aquaman 2 got a little hit, too. Well, Warner Brothers. uh, Is that really a loss, though? Is it really a loss? (laughs) Recast and move on is all I got to say about that. Yeah. um, Wait till you see the wait till you see the director's cut of Aquaman (laughs) one. Can't wait. Yes, it'll be great. Yeah, Kim Basinger's coming back. Anyway, (laughs) Kim Basinger's coming back to play. (laughs) That's great. Justice for Johnny, you got that darn right, Jeremy Stoltz. All righty. Well, I, you know, this is an interesting story. I'm really curious to know what you guys think in the chat room. If you guys are watching this on the audio podcast or you're watching the replay, what do you think about Ezra Miller's behavior? I mean, how do you feel it's justified in terms of his position at DC and Warner Brothers and the character that he's portraying? Uh, do you do you agree with Team Pop X or do you disagree? I'd lo- I want to know. I, you're not going to offend us in either way. Uh, but your your opinion does matter, and I want to know. John says that he votes Austin to be the new Flash. I, I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You um, are. You are my. I think we're going to have to lose the stash, though. I don't know. No, no I will be. There's no, no stash. stash flash. No, you can't be. Stash flash. <laughs> the the hair would like incinerate off flash? of your face. Yeah. That is just dude. Stash no. flash. Barry Allen had no fuzzbuster, bro. Let me tell you that's, that much. That's right what now. I'm going to tell Madison when I pop into a room and go stash flash, and then I'm going to run away. <laughs> Just do it. While, just do it when you're naked. You know, it'll mean a oh, lot more. It'll be more impactful. Boom. Yo, right. See you later. All righty. So next up, we got one more news segment for you. This one's interesting. Comb through the enough of the Doctor Who episodes, and you will spot a vast assortment of famous Brits in the guest starring roles. But everyone from Andrew Garfield to Carrie Mulligan to Bill Nye has shared the screen with different incarnations of the Time Lord over the years. But in 2023. The series will make room for one of the top stars of American TV via deadline. Neil Patrick Harris has booked a role in the upcoming season of Doctor Who, which will coincide with the show's 60th anniversary. That's amazing. 60 years in science fiction history. Harris didn't reveal the nature of his mystery role or say how many episodes he appears in. However, he did offer a glimpse at the wardrobe for the series in Instagram earlier this week. Check it out. I have no idea who the character is. It looks, Mm. it could be an American person, maybe like Alexander Graham Bell or somebody, Mm. uh, Andrew Andrew Jackson. I don't know. It could be somebody... uh, like that it kind of looks like that kind of like a a president or something yeah it does but uh now sporting an apron okay never mind uh sporting an apron powder wig and a pince-nez spectacles harris has the fashion sense of the old-timey toy maker but his fierce looking scowl suggests that his character is anything but friendly in fact showrunner russell t davis says claims that harris is playing the greatest enemy the doctor has ever oh my well okay he's he's definitely flexing his well it's not the queen so so we we ruled that out hello everyone hello everyone she's she's an evil julia child then (laughs) (laughs) make some monies I do um, think I think Neil Patrick Harris is good. Uh, the uh, series of unfortunate events series on oh, Netflix. He was actually really good really in that role. Good in that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I this get is it. Cool. I like. I'm a fan of Neil Patrick Harris. 
Yeah, I yeah, really am. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I really like his acting. Um, but that is it for this week's headlines, guys. Are you guys ready for a little retro rewind and some? Yeah. Robocop? Yeah. Okay. Don't go anywhere. Robocop coming your way right now. Here we go. Retro rewind. Retro Rewind, and we are back, and we are going to be talking about 1987's super futuristic science fiction action male testosterone-driven blockbuster featuring Peter Weller, Mm. RoboCop. Mm. Wow. And it was interesting, when we first started this, I was, uh, Lindsay and I, we usually will go over a couple movies together, and she's like, and I was like, well, what about RoboCop? She's like, well, that's actually in the top three of my list that I was getting ready to recommend. I'm like, really? Okay, Heck cool. Yeah. And um, Austin, uh, before the show, you were, you were after during the show, you were like, you were really excited to share about, yeah. about this. For me, uh, I'll share this really quick, and I'm going to go straight to Lindsay. Um, <laughs> for me on this, um, RoboCop, not a movie an eight-year-old should watch, but a movie <laughs> that an eight-year-old watched probably 80 times. It's true. Um, I'm just being real. I mean, uh, for some reason, my parents thought it was just a great cop it's movie. It's technically rated R. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for a good reason. R and R. Very much. Uh, for the gore and the violence. Hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> Wicked hardcore up in you. Uh, but RoboCop, for me, was, I think, at the pinnacle of the 80s male action star. Um and it's such an interesting story about humility, humanity, humility, dying, and rediscovering yourself amidst all the confusion. What does that look like? And um, it is infused with synthwave glory in this movie. Some of the shots are just, you know, you, you've got the reflections of the pinks and the purples when he's walking through the, the, the certain districts of the city, you know, the, some of the not so good safe areas of the city. Yeah. And then, you know, especially when they're booting him up and you get that Tron grid coming and yeah. <laughs> his sound effects included on pop X. Yes. But, um, you know, it's just an amazing film. And for me, it really captivated me because it was something that was just so far out there. And for a kid who I had a very overactive imagination, guys, like my imagination was like any, any little thing like swamp thing. That was just like, for me, swamp thing was like insane. Like, how do you put a guy in a swamp and he lives in algae? How do you put a guy in a metal suit, but his brain's human? You know, it, it was that kind of thing. Another thing that really intrigued me about RoboCop is I loved to draw him. It was a challenge for me to illustrate him because there's just so many things on his exoskeleton that is just top-notch for me. If you want a human cyborg, you want to be RoboCop. And I just wanted to walk around. My name is Alex Murphy. You know, so anyway, <laughs> Lindsay Badger. What do you think about Robo? Oh man, uh, you guys, you guys know that there are a handful of movies that are significantly better in your memory. 
Oh. Than they actually are in real life. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Oh no. It's, no, it's not. It's not horrible. Calm um, down. It's not going to be a slaughter um, fest no. or anything. But here's the thing: is that I I have like super fond memories of like this movie being like the coolest thing since sliced bread. You know, <laughs> like Back to the Future, kick ass level. Okay, mm-hmm. like okay. you know, and I feel like. You know, Back to the Future is one of those shows that can literally stand the test of time. It holds up. Very, very. It holds up. But yeah, it holds up. It holds up. This one is solidly rooted, solidly rooted in 1987. Yes. From the opening with the newscasters and the hairstyles and the graphics being all grainy and the whole ass, it's dripping. With the decade aspects, which I love, but I mean, if you're wanting to say compare it to today, <laughs> Lindsay, I'm just letting you know right now, up. my sweat drops are neon. I know, Joe. I <laughs> know, right. and and it is definitely a iconic, noteworthy movie for that decade. I but agree. it doesn't hold up to the test of time. Yeah. And that's where my my memory versus actuality very different <laughs> feelings about it. Um I it was just like all of the special effects, like the the bullets everywhere. I mean like you're shooting a bullet and there's like a million fireworks going on <laughs> behind yeah. you. You know that kind of stuff. I'm just like I can look past it because I mean it's just like that's what they had to work with, but it's like mm-hmm. unrealistic and it takes my adult mind out of the storyline and I'm starting to pay more attention to those details than the actual story. And so I find that a little bit distracting, but I mean, I like the overall story is, is kind of is sweet, but also kind of sad. It's like a bittersweet story, I guess, because the guy has like this, he's a family man, a cop, you know, like, you know, straight shooter, you know, trick shooter, literally. But um, and then, you know, this tragic thing happens to him and he wakes up and he has to kind of re-remember who he is. Mm -hmm. And then he's going through relearning how to deal with this life situation, which is kind of absolutely bonkers. It is insane. Yeah. And he's drinking baby, baby food, eating baby food. Yeah. Yeah. And and all that. And so, I mean, it was kind of fascinating to see how they went through the steps of displaying how they made that work. But like the the Ed robot, Ed two hundred nine, yeah, Ed two hundred nine, that was just too much for me. I was like, get that out of here, that's garbage. <laughs> but I mean, the the RoboCop himself was actually quite fascinating. I enjoyed how they they did his programming. I enjoyed how his costume and his makeup was done. But like all of the other stuff was just kind of like distracting to me. <laughs> I get it. See for see for me though and then I want to go to Austin for for me like Ed 209 you got to think in terms of a a kid growing up in the 80s like Transformers. Oh yeah. Um, and Mech Warriors and things like that. Ed 209 was like a real life Transformer for the first time on screen. Yeah. Is well, kind of they, the way and, I saw it. And it was stop motion it. animation. Yeah, I was going to say they did the stop motion animation. It's very um it's choppy. Pee Herman, Claymation, that kind of, I mean, that's all the same practice yeah. of animation style. And I actually kind of appreciate that because I, I um, attribute that style of animation to that decade. So mm-hmm. I love having that aesthetic there. Um, I love the, the fact that he couldn't go downstairs. 
that was actually the funniest part of the movie for me. Do you know the reason why they, they here's a fun fact for you. And this fun. is the reason why he couldn't go downstairs and they why? couldn't film him going downstairs. Why? The way they had his suit snapped together, his butt mm. would wiggle on screen. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So it would like when he's walking, it was really wonky. Here's okay. a weird thing: they did a '90s television show with RoboCop. Mm-hmm. There was a '90s television show; it didn't last very long. I was only right. like one season, maybe maybe two. But they filmed the scene scenes of him going up and down stairs multiple times, and sure enough, there's that piece mm-hmm. shaking. It's just it's horrible to look at and that's why I'm, I'm glad that they make it into well, the cinema okay but. and then here there's one other thing that i'm gonna let it I'll let it go um the conference room the fact that we had two murders happen in the same conference room and why were we not in some kind of like test facility <laughs> yeah man it's, <laughs> it's of like an executive boardroom power not hungry like, bro oh here has have a gun and pointed out yeah. a have another line of cocaine like, and I'll buy that for a dollar. Oh, but, there uh, was so many one lines out of there. I was like, did it come from this movie or did the movie just play off of the culture that was already in existence? Because I, I remember that quote, I'll buy that for a dollar was very popular. It came from RoboCop. Okay. So it that's definitely, RoboCop. you know, a lot of iconic one lines came from there too. There was Austin other Burke. Lines. What did you think? Yeah, I, I, I get Lindsay's point to a degree. I, I do think certain things with the effects and Ed 209, right, doesn't look the best. But what I found to be interesting about this movie, it's actually one that I didn't watch for the first time until 2014. It was the first time I'd ever, I'd ever seen RoboCop, and it was in preparation for the reboot. You guys the remember reboot, the reboot? Yeah. 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 So I was, uh, I, I was curious to see what this movie was, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it when I watched it, and then, of course, was disappointed by the reboot, because that's what happened. It's not good, yeah. It's not good. But this was really interesting. What, what I think holds up about this movie is, and it's almost like they play it in a satirical way, right? The, the look and peek into the cops and the sleazy dirtbags in the city and the, the over-privatized economic state of this world and like this crazy distinct future that honestly certain elements are kind of relevant to what we have now right Mm -hmm. not obviously not all of them but they did a nice job of predicting certain things they did will uh so that's that's kind of interesting but kind of that dystopian future yeah 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 so and Mm. you know it's it's kind of eerie the way that it plays out in this movie and watching it back i'm like holy cow this is kind of weird but um but yeah, but it seems like most of the lines, while being relevant, are are played in such a distinct like, and I hate using the word satire, but a way that is like a play on itself. But at the end of the day, it takes RoboCop seriously, mm-hmm. and it takes the backstory of this guy, Peter Weller's character, very seriously. So yeah. when he's, you know, starting to come back to himself and he's getting those flashbacks of when he gets destroyed Mm -hmm. (laughs) right that's how he ends up there in the first place it's actually a really heartbreaking story so that kind of got me this time around watching the movie what else got me is you know looking at this reboot that's pg-13 and then watching this movie that's rated r it's like you got blood gore galore you know what i mean this is violent i mean just the first time they shoot his hand off is violent when Ed yeah. 209 mows through the guy in the conference room, that's violent, but it keeps going. And I'm like, they wouldn't make a movie like this today. They just wouldn't. And that's, to me, that's a huge, like, 
boost for this film because it, it's it's so one of a kind. It's so one of a kind that they tried to do a reboot, couldn't hit that R rating. It was PG-13, so you know it's going to stand on its own two legs, even though it is from 1987. So yeah, it does it does distinctly feel like 80s, but I, I found some themes to carry over uh, quite quite nicely watching it. This time. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Same here, and and you know I I um, always will enjoy the the picture that you guys are seeing is one of the pictures I was talking about with the reflections on that yeah. chrome metallic. I love suit. the design of his suit. It's the really suit really is nice. just yeah. Whoever uh, there was a there was a documentary I watched. Oh, excuse me, it's the one that's on Netflix. You know the movies that that made us. Oh yeah, the movies. There's a RoboCop episode on yeah, there, I love that series. and they were talking about the formation of this suit, and it went through like nine different versions. And they yeah. finally landed on this one two weeks before production. Um, but they wanted to create, in essence, this suit actually has a holographic metallic paint on it. So if you think about when you know when a, when a lady goes and gets her nails done in the salon, you get that holographic sheen on your nails. I know this because my wife, uh, you know, that's what she does. But it kind of looks like that. You know, you, it's got a prism effect. You're seeing purples and blues and pinks. Um, which is a crazy cool concept because yeah. when you're doing neon and you're shooting in like this gas station scene here and you got all the reflections yeah. of the neon on his suit, it's just like uh, bonkers, crazy cool. Amazing. And yeah. But uh, for me, though, I mean, um, it definitely I loved, I enjoyed Ed 209. I thought Ed 209, even though he was stop motion animation and they didn't have CGI, I think the overall aesthetic, I actually owned the Ed 209 action figure. You would put the little strip of, you remember the little red strip of um, snap paper? Yes. And, you know, it's it's got the little, yeah. Yep. Yeah. You would put it in there and you could load it and he would snap. Oh, my gosh. If I had that today, right now I found it on eBay. About 300 bucks on eBay. Yeah. And the toy is probably no bigger than that. But, um, Anyway, this movie always will be one of the top. There's Bloodsport, Goonies, Back to the Future, RoboCop, and Ghostbusters are seriously at the main top of that list for me. And RoboCop's right there. You know what have probably helped me um, make it more a little, a little bit more believable is that you know also you had mentioned the the gun the gunfight. It was just like you you shot him a lot. Yeah. But you didn't stop. Sure. You just shot them in some more until yeah. the entire magazine ran out just for funsies. Yeah. yeah, I think that's where it lost some of the believability to me. Yeah, so I'm just like, okay, God, he's dead. Yeah, there's no possible way that you just so, unloaded ten shotguns into him mm-hmm. and his body is still that much intact. <laughs> well, <I laughs> even mean, with body armor, that's catering to that. No way. That's catering to that. You know, male you know, testosterone aspect. But I know there's three. Know there's three like things I want to share right quick before <laughs> we give our rating. And these are three really interesting facts that I think that are just very peculiar and istri- interesting about the film. Okay. First one, depending on who you ask, uh, it took anything from eight to eleven hour hours for Peter Weller to put on the suit. Uh, for the very first time, uh, some people will say, "Well, it took him eight hours." Another people in the in the crew will say, "Well, it took him eleven hours on the first day." <laughs> By the time he was ready, the day was almost over. The first scene shot in the suit was when Robo leaves the target practice area. You remember when he was he pulls yes. out his gun at the precinct? It took one hour to do that scene as the keys kept on bouncing off of Robo's rubber gloves. <laughs> but when the scene was finally over. So was the day. 
they only shot a one-hour shot in an 18-hour shoot. Jeez. Now, here's another interesting factoid. We were talking, I know that uh, John Poffenbarger was talking about Paul uh, Verhoeven over in the chat. He said the reason why he did this movie was because it was a retelling of the story of Jesus Christ. Now, listen to this. Uh, the Christ influences include the death and resurrection of Murphy, his hand wow. being nailed by the bullet. He stands in the crucified fashion, and his body is pierced with many bullets, and the last bullet is delivered to his brow. He is taken to the hospital where he is reconstructed. He is then resurrected as a half-human, half-machine. Jesus, at his resurrection, was also changed. In the end, there was a scene when Robocop goes towards Boddicker, and he walks on the water. Whoa. Whoa. And that was the main reason why Paul Verhoeven directed this. Wow. Which is interesting. That makes perfect sense now. All right. Now, the last factoid, the criminal in the in the convenience store picks up an Iron Man comic. Mm, I noticed. All right. Yeah. If you, it, that was intentional and done as a tribute to one of the main influences for the idea of RoboCop. Also in the same scene, if you will look on the magazine rack, the, the, the comic rack, you will see um, Rom. Uh, Rom was a Marvel Comics character as well. Rom was a humanoid cybernetic robot. Uh, he went for about 30 issues in the 80s, and Rom also had a second appearance when Murphy uh, did his flashback scenes, and his little son's like, can you do that again, Daddy? Can you do that, Daddy? Um, if, you, if you pause it right when, it, when the camera pans up, Rom is sitting on the end table as well. So it's, it's, it's a constant influence of Iron Man and Rom in RoboCop. With that being said, let's go ahead and give a review and let's get into Stranger Things. Uh, let's see. I'm going to give this an 8.7. 1987, 8.7. Nice. Nice. I'm going to do <clears throat> a 6.7. Nice. I'm going to go pretty firmly in the middle. I'm going to go an eight with this. I just, uh, I, th I think this movie's really solid. Thank you, man. Yeah, that's, it, it, it's a great one. And seriously, chat, what do you think of RoboCop? Have you seen it recently? If not, I would highly recommend going back and revisiting it, especially yeah. with no kids in the room, though. Yeah. Uh, don't do that. Uh, but uh, See, chat. Jared's got an 8.2. 8.2. Great. So thank you, Jeremy Stoltz, for the rating. Um, but we want to know whether you're listening on the audio podcast or you're watching us on the replay on the live feed, type in below what your RoboCop score is. RoboCop equals, and let us know. All right, so with all that said, I want to roll the spoiler alert warning, guys. It's time to get down into the, the craziness of Hawkins. Are you guys ready to go into the upside down? I know I am. Don't go anywhere. Stranger Things Season 4 Volume 1, coming now. Danger, danger. You are about to enter a pop pop X spoiler alert. Beyond this point, there is no return. You have been warned. You have been warned. Oh my gosh. I don't even know where to start on this. Austin, um, like, I mean, where do we go, oh Austin? Gosh, you start at the beginning. <laughs> I mean, so obviously, duh, got, this picks up right after season lines. three. <laughs> you know, Hopper is somehow, Eleven's trying to close the portal at the end of season three, and Hopper is sucked into the portal and somehow is teleported through the upside down into a portal that exits on the other side of Russia, where there is a Demogorgon that is on the other side of Russia. 
that come out through the portal that Hopper came through. And then there's a bunch of new characters and the Hellfire Club. Oh my gosh. Which is one of the coolest things ever. So at the end of that season, also, the clan has now been split into like what three different groups? Three different pods of kids. And we are still following the Russian timeline. So we have four timelines that we're keeping up with at the same time. And it's constantly kind of ping ponging back and forth between them. Well, then you got Eleven's timeline. Oh, Mm. yes. Well, there is the Rainbow Room. (laughs) So there's five different story oh arcs going gosh. on at the same time here. So let's start in Hawkins first, <clears throat> this, because yeah. that's where we we leave off is is them um, finishing up what they they started there. Um, we're we're picking up after the mall massacre or whatever it is. The the fire at the mall is what their co- their cover story is. Yeah, where they just finished. Um, not they didn't slay the mind slayer, but they at least took care of it for now. Yeah. And then we're picking up and we have um, some high school drama going on. Yeah. Weird people. uh, The the kids are grown significantly since then because we've had a lot of pushbacks and these these kids are not kids anymore. Uh, They have uh, now there's uh, Lucas is on the basketball team. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've we've got um, several other things going on. Well, L. And Will, then the Byers family are now yes. on the West Coast in California. Yes. Uh, they're trying, I don't know if they're just trying to restart their life or hit the reset button on everything that they, Will has been through. They got relocated there to kind of keep a low profile. Right. So that Elle could have a somewhat. It was that life government life agency that Paul Reiser is a part yes, of correct. that relocated her. Yes. Yeah. And so she's like secretly being bullied. That <laughs> and so she's sucked. dealing with that. She's dealing with a long distance relationship. Yeah. Writing letters back and forth to, you know, because there's no internet. Well, sort of. The, did you guys pick up the huge Ferris Bueller's Day Off spoof with uh, changing of the grades? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that was, was like. Well, that was um, also brilliant. War Games. As yeah, well, right. that was it was war true. games too. Yeah, it yes. was both because they're using a terminal to call in, which is I guess well they I did guess the Ferris they did, did the changing too. of the grades, but then they also found the location <clears throat> of, of yeah of the thing with the war games the longitude too. latitude and they found where to go. Yep, so many things, so many things. Austin, uh, how do we unpack the eight well, episodes? Is it eight <laughs> that we've already gotten so far? It's eight episodes, right? Uh, yeah, seven. Seven. Yeah. So right. Seven. Um, there's a lot going on here, and 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 I want to talk with you, Austin, for a second on Hopper. Mm. Just the dynamic, dude. This season got dark. Very. I mean, it it went from kid campy to just full on horror. Yeah. And abuse. Turned it up to eleven. Yeah. Horror. I mean. (laughs) I'm telling you, it is freaking crazy to even fathom um, just everything that Hopper is going through. The pain, dude. The that actor. Oh my gosh. Um, what what's his name? Um, shoot, Hellboy. What's his name? That's right. Oh, David Harbor. David Harbor. Thank Harper. you. Yes. I was getting ready to say uh, Harbinger, but <laughs> I was in yeah. close. Yeah. But dude, solid yeah. acting. I mean. Just the scene, you just really want him to break free of this hell that he's in. And he can't. Yeah. He tries, and he tries, and he's 
thrust back in, in chains and how much uh, did you cringe when he broke his ankle foot? Oh yeah. Oh my oh gosh. Oh god. Oh. That was like nope sauce for me. I was like blocking the screen. I was like, tell me when it's done. Oh <laughs> yeah. Tell me when it's done. Austin, Austin, save us here, man. Uh, what are you, what are your thoughts, man? Just just pick one of the aspects of this crazy storyline and and then. Well, I I love the way we started off in that first episode because you immediately know what you're in for when our poor cheerleader gets picked up and uh, her body is contorted and and she's turned into yeah, a shell of her. Oh, and her. Oh, yeah, and the eyes. I mean, it was so violent and bloody off the bat and i'm like oh this is the first episode this is not what this is not your kids stranger things all right this is the people that have grown up with stranger things and hopefully by now they're grown up because that's that's what you need to be to watch it's so funny you say that just real quick i've i've let my kids watch stranger things because it's so fun and cute and it's a little bit scary but (laughs) then it's like okay you know it's tolerable my 11 year old is watching season one and she was like <laughs> I just really? scarred my child for life. Oh my oh, god! Oh man! And then she's like, "But I'm gonna get to watch the rest of it, right?" And I was like, uh, "You're responsible yeah. for your own nightmares, child." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carry on. Sorry so, for the interruption. Yeah. So the, the deaths of the teens. Yeah. Well, it's it's nightmare inducing, and and you're immediately you know kind of given a a, a taste a taste of Vecna and, and yeah. Vecna being a villain that you, you don't know. You don't know you're witnessing the origins of Vecna until the final episode, and then you realize this has been one big old origin story, oh and God. it all tied in together so seamlessly and beautifully. And specifically, one thing that actually I've seen this the, this season twice. I've seen it twice. Right, the second time around, Eleven storyline played so much better because I knew what was going to happen. Right, the mm-hmm. first time I'm like, I kind of want to go back to Hawkins because. Everything in Hawkins was fascinating to me and Max's storyline. We'll talk about Max here in a second. But Eleven storyline, when you know the results, going back and watching and getting those Easter eggs and hints as to who he actually is, man. Boy, this is a rewatchable season if I've ever seen one. And it got better thanks to that storyline specifically. Yeah, that last episode was a mind blower for Mm -hmm. sure. The Duffer Brothers. Pumping at the bit. I was like, Joe, just finished the last episode. (laughs) I want to talk about this like yesterday. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, to catch you up, you know, what's happening back in Hawkins is several teens are dying mysteriously. The cops are are freaking out the the town square folk and the and the, and the, the parents of the children are freaking out they're holding like these uh, uh meetings at the courthouse to try to figure out what's going on and who's who's to blame but we find out something interesting in this series in this season that every death of every teen opens up a portal into the upside down it like mm. pokes a hole it po- it's like head. a little yeah, yeah. and I think it, it's such an interesting dynamic because Vecna and his 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 darkness is just ready to pierce through and come into this world, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to eventually climatically come to that to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big crazy things for me, and Austin, you alluded to it when you're going back in that rewatchability, which I'm doing now, I just restarted it again and I'm on uh, episode three of season four and I'm going back through it. And, and 
But one of the most interesting things was uh, specifically with Eleven. And it was alluded to lightly, but Eleven was the one initially with her psycho-energetic power when Vecna did what he did in the Rainbow Room and turned evil, she was the one that created the first portal into the Upside Down. Now, yes. let's fast forward. The group of kids figured it out to some extent that the Upside Down always was there and altered a dimension of a multiverse. Right. Um, I think it was, was it not Lucas? It was um, um, Dustin. Dustin. had said Dustin. it's been here for I hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of years. Yeah. But L was the one that tapped into it. Yeah. Actually opened it up. I have it I they didn't a hundred percent confirm this, but in when they were in the upside down, they went through the water gate, right? Nancy and Robin and, and, mm -hmm. and the whole group went went through Watergate. And they're in her room and she looks in her diary and the last entry was from season it was before season one mm -hmm. when her and uh what's his face were di uh, dating steve. um steve thank you uh and so this is like the year before season one yeah. is when 11 kind of did the portal thing or mm -hmm. it, i mean it's like as as she created that portal i think it also split the dimensions into some little halfway room mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. so i think when she created the portal, it also created the upside down because oh. it would timing wise, that would make sense. So Vecna has kind of made his home in this little alternate dimension while Eleven's been on the outside and the whole world of Hopkins has, has, hasn't always had these issues. It's only been since Eleven created that portal. Mm. But they said though, too, that Hawkins has always been cursed. And you're going back to the, um, is it the Arcane family? Or what is the name of the family? What? Right. The, the, the house. The house. About Vecna's house. So they said that, um, not Arcane. But that's it was Swamp the thing. boy that was cursed. It wasn't Correct. the whole house. Correct. But it started with him in the 50s or the 60s. At him they as a child. They didn't put a specific time on it, though. You can look by the clothing and the period. Well, wait, there was a time because the newspapers. You can look at the clothing in the period, and I think that's when the curse of Hawkins started with him because he killed his whole family, and nobody thought it was him. He, he you know, he's just a, a normal yeah, guy. But the, the boy was the one that was torturing the family, right? But he got, and that's how he got to Hawkins and the Rainbow Room and turned crazy and turned Vecta. So it's all he's. That's all the Vecna storyline. That's that's kind of my mindset too. Is is this world has all because when he first goes into that world it looks like hell that's it what does. it looks yeah. like yeah and there's no you can't see any recreations of any houses you can't see the recreation it just looks yeah. like this big these caverns and these pits i think maybe he created ups, yeah underneath, i think maybe think? the upside down was a creation like mimicking the city the place that he that knows makes sense. because when he first gets there it's like just this desolate almost like this barren this fiery desert that makes sense but as we go it's like oh now there's a recreation of us so i i think he could have a big a big hand in that as well i think it's a mixture of he and 11 obviously but but that kind of came about after he got there interesting yeah. Yeah, man, that's right. there's so there's much. There's a whole lot there to There's so much meat here, dude. <laughs> we could we could pick apart 
the the upside down. I, yeah, I yeah. seriously yeah. got chills in the rainbow rune scene on on the oh final episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really see it coming until about halfway through that episode when I realized Same. that actor was mm-hmm. Vecna. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that was yeah. It I when I realized it, I, I I didn't say anything to Alex, my wife, because we watch it together. And um, my God, when the camera peered down on his wrist and you saw oh, that he was number one, what? the one that they never talked like, about. What? Yeah, it was insane. But let's go to the West Coast right quick. Uh, you see okay. a picture here with L and. Uh, surfer boy pizza uh argyle. you know we got argyle in there we got buyers and uh just the whole buyer family here uh it's, it's interesting here that even though that she has lost her powers there's this one scene where l is getting extensively bullied by this yeah. group of girls and she does this thing and they all start making fun of her and it's just a horrible scene you feel for her yeah, and, oh, it's yeah. very cringy. It is cringy, very cringy, and there's so much like emotion, but at the same time, I go back to that word darkness. Like yeah. even in L, she's going through her own form of hell here, yeah. and it's the violence with Hopper, the evil and darkness with Vecna, and the pain and suffering with L. It's just, uh, and then there's Max. We haven't even talked about Max yet. Well, I think it's so funny that Eleven's went through all of this. Like, she's fought demons, and she's faced the biggest foes, but her ultimate, the the biggest villain she faces is a bully. And that's, but it it makes all the sense in the world because that's where she is right now in Mm -hmm. her life. And they play that so beautifully. It's just those parallels, man. I I think they've done so well. Yeah, it's haunting. Actually, yeah. Some of those scenes, I'll be honest with you, I was bullied in in school. I'll, I'll yeah. tell you that. Some of those scenes were kind of hard to watch. Yeah, yeah. Some of those scenes were kind of hard to watch. It brought, it stirred up some stuff. Um, I won't say that I was a, a a bubbling mess on the couch. I wasn't, but it just there's this queasiness to my stomach that returned that I hadn't felt in a while in watching. And Millie Bobby Brown is her acting. Oh my gosh. Great. Phenomenal acting yeah. between her and David Arbor and 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 uh, oh my gosh, just the whole cast is just on point. Um, I don't know the actor that plays Vecna, um, but his demeanor is like the Jamie next Freddy Krueger. Jamie Kimmel Bauer. Jamie Kimmel Bauer. He could. He's the next horror icon, guys. Yeah, this guy is going to be cast in a multitude of things. He's great. He's amazing. Either that or a Calvin Klein ad because he's got them cheekbones. He does. Well, he's 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 got a lot going for him. He's got a lot going for him. Um. So there's a couple of bullet points here. So the secret base in Nevada that we find, which is literally a door to nowhere. Mm-hmm. So Paul Reiser's character returns, and we haven't seen him in quite some time. Uh, it is, I think. Um, when was the last time we saw his character? Was he was he in Good season question. three? I want to say he, he uh, Okay, I need to go back and watch season three. Hawkins. Hawkins uh, was the last time we saw him, and I think he was the one that relocated the family. Yeah, so he yes. was at the end of season three. But season, yeah, season. if he wasn't at the end of season three, maybe a phone call or something mm-hmm. to that extent. Mm-hmm. I yeah, can't he remember. Was, the, he was the responsible for the the relocation. But so he would have had to 
it's interesting though the conversation he has with Eleven. He's like, I know that you're going through this, and I know that you don't, you think you don't have your powers, but there is a way. And um, we see something very familiar: Eleven getting back into that pool of water, submersing herself, and going into that. Um, Was it Nina? Yeah, Nina, which is that uh, that machine yeah. that feeds the memories of what she went through, which is crazy to even think about, but they're feeding memories into her mind to help her remember her power. And um, it's interesting that to see she got bullied in school mm-hmm. and she got bullied in the Rainbow Room and in the Hawkins yes. facility as well. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like, wow, dude. Yeah. Even Even your own peers that are you know telekinetics or whatever you call them in 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 the in the institute are bullying you as well and it's just crazy to even think about that and just the the emotional pain of i'm bullied outside i'm bullied in here what is my purpose what is my mission why was i created who is my dad my mom and then the scenes of her being thrust from her mom's arms and her mom trying to come and see her and it's like you never had a mom your mom died yeah. That's, dude, that is some deep, dark stuff, man. Some some crazy stuff. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about Max and her obsession with a certain song that has blown up. Oh, my gosh. I Everywhere. mean, honestly, I have had this on my playlist for a while. <laughs> I would say at least five, six years. The it's fact of the world is now just rediscovering Kate Bush. Even Kate Bush commented, she was like, well, I'm glad somebody's liking it now. It's actually doing better now than it was when it originally came out. It's, it is. It absolutely is. It's, it's a great uh, song. And in, in, in context to the actual show, uh, it was her favorite song. It wasn't the only song she ever listened to, but it was the song that brought her back from the Vecna trance and saved yeah. her life that first time that yeah. she got drug up into the air and prevented God, that's a really good point too really quick yes. Lindsay, is that the only way to get out of his trance when when vecna is coming for a teenager is audio which breaks yeah. the teleconnectic bond yeah. and brings you back it gives you something right. to focus on all right and so you're talking about max yeah so um she's she just lost her brother in the mall incident from the Billy. season before and yeah. so she is struggling with the guilt she feels like it's her fault she feels like their relationship was not on the best of terms at all. He was kind of a jerk, if you remember. Oh, yeah. Um, a little to bit. To say it lightly. And uh, Vecna uses that guilt against her whenever she's in that trance. And we actually see Billy. Cameo. Yeah. yeah. We had a Love cameo him. of Billy in, in the Vecna land and the Upside Down. And he was not looking too good. I'm going to say. He, he was little, not looking so hot. He looked a little rough. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, they pull her back out from the trance. And then we just, we're kind of just working through the trauma with her in mm-hmm. the first part of this season. So I'm really kind of um, feeling for her emotionally attached to, to that storyline part, too. Yeah. Sure. And I feel that Max has more story to go in this in this series as a whole. Yeah. Uh, her character, I believe, is um, uh, she sees parts of the upside down. I think she she is the first character to to piece together the the clock, the house, mm-hmm. and yep. figure out that yeah. Crawleys, the Crawleys, 
I think you're. I yeah, th- think that I think that sounds about right. But she she's she's figuring it out. But her team helps her put the puzzle pieces together to figure out it's the old dilapidated mansion down the street. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, I, I think that um, her growing up, she's she's had a really rough family life, and mm-hmm. so it's caused her to put up a lot of walls and a lot of trust issues. And mm-hmm. so I think this is the season where she's going to be starting to work through some of that and mm-hmm. trusting her her tribe a little bit more and leaning on them. Yeah, which is something that she's like, no, I can do it. I'm doing my we do what I want. You know that kind of attitude. And so I feel like you're going to get some serious growth out of her. For the yeah. Rest of the season. So. Creel, the Creel family. Mm, not yeah. not Crawley, Creel. Okay. Let's talk I, about Robert England. Well, I was gonna say real quick, I, I think if you want to name an MVP of this season, it's gotta be Sadie Seek as Max. I, I think she's the mm. oh, she, yeah. and, and and everyone was amazing, right? I have no qualms with any of the performances, but she definitively stole the show for me. And she's actually giving a performance here to where I'm saying she's going to be a superstar. Yeah. Like, I, I saw Emma Stone. I, I see, like, shades of incredible, like, top-tier actors in her. And yeah. and what she did in episode four with that scene, man, the emotion <sighs> in that moment. Uh, you believe she's going to die. You you do. You believe yes. it because the, they do such a good job. And and that, that's, I think, another thing, and, and we're getting into that next, but uh, the Duffer Brothers elevate the stakes here to where we, we don't know who's going to make it. There's still two episodes. Yeah. And I have a feeling someone's going to die. Someone so. has. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Austin. Something's going to happen. And yeah. somebody's got to succumb to 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 Vecna. Yeah. Who it is, we don't know. And um, my God, we still got a whole season to go in season five. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, I think that'll come out, what, 2029, I believe? Yeah. But I will say this much, and I, that was a joke. But I will say this as much. Uh, the Duffer Brothers did go on record to say that season five will be a time jump. Hmm. Will oh, be a yes, time jump to the nineties, yeah. To the to the nineties. Gotcha. So, um, um, did did we want to unpack uh, Max a little bit in the Hellfire Club? Man, Eddie Munson. Eddie. Eddie Munson. We just finished no. unpacking Max. No. <laughs> Eddie Munson Eddie. is probably one of my favorite new he's, characters. He's awesome. Dude. He is like pure 80s hair bands dude he, everybody thinks everything everybody thinks he's like the antichrist in hawkins <laughs> but he's not he's like literally a nerd that plays dungeons and dragons he's such a dynamic dragons. character i love yeah. it yeah he enjoys the attention he gets from the negativity mm-hmm. but because it puts him in a light that's not a nerd but yeah. for some crazy reason, the Hellfire Club, which is the club he's a part of, is their name is attached to the deaths of these three teens. Yep. That is yes. happening in Hawkins. And of course, somebody's got to get the blame because nobody's yeah. going to believe that a supernatural guy from an under, underground portal world <laughs> right. is going to come out and kill you. It, it's just, I feel bad for Eddie. You know, there's a well, couple I mean, of moments. It's an unlikely pairing that Chrissy came over to his trailer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then he saw her die. <laughs> yeah, in and, front and, of her. Yeah, so I mean, it's like, what what are you gonna do with that? Not You'll much. Run <laughs> really quick before we go into more to Eddie. I want to go back to Max one second. The scene okay. when Max is in the swimming pool and Barb. Did you see the scene with Barb? Where that, they, that was with Nancy. Was that was that Nancy coming out of the yeah, mouth? Yeah, because that was yep. Vecna yep. trying okay. to get Nancy. And I thought that, that was, was Barb. I thought I was like justice for Barb. Yeah, but yeah, oh, okay. Hey, Chrissy, hey, is Chrissy the new Barb? 
is she the new Barb? Because we get just a little bit with Chrissy and then she's dead. You know what I mean? It's just like a little oh, bit. So to I'm me, still Chrissy I'm still like holding out. We're going to get a cameo from Barb at some point. I'd like to see it. Yeah. But anyway, Eddie Munson's character, um, I believe, is is uh, a huge addition to the show. There's a, there's several yeah. new additions to the show. Um, you know, you've got um, uh, the Russian pilot that's taking the the buyer. Oh you gosh, know, the smuggler, early, the early, smuggler. early, or something like that. And it, it's just like okay. Interesting character, but I think Yuri, right? Yuri, yeah. Out of all the new ones, Eddie is probably my favorite, and I love the fact that Dustin and the crew are just hanging out. Lucas's sister even is part of the Hellfire Club, and it's such a cool thing because it reminds me a lot of my childhood growing up Mm -hmm. because I remember probably let's fast forward seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. I remember coming home, and we weren't the Hellfire Club. We didn't have an actual club, but um, four of my buddies, we would all get together. We would play Sega Genesis and then Dungeons and & Dragons. And it That's reminded awesome. me so much of that. You know, it's just like, holy cow, this is, reminds me of my little squad I had back in the day. You know, and little Joe running around with this Trapper Keeper <laughs> notebook playing Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. Did anybody else do a do a flip on Eddie? Because when Eddie first got introduced, I'm like, why does he look so old? He's like, well, I've been here for a while. I'm like, all right. Then he has yeah. that big speech in the lunchroom, and I'm like, oh, man, this guy is going to be just over the top too much. And immediately, as soon as he starts interacting with our characters, and especially when we got a little bit of him and Steve, because Steve's jealous because that relationship with Dustin, I'm like, yeah. I'm really growing to love this guy. And then you get that other side of him. It's like, no, this is a genuine, awesome dude that just loves to love things. And we love to love him. And in my opinion, he could end up being one of the best characters on the show by the time it's all said and done. I can can agree with you on that. I feel like they they did that intentionally because that's that's the front that they he wants Absolutely. to portray to everyone else they don't he doesn't want to let anybody in mm-hmm. but once you pull that veil back he's actually a really nice guy yeah. and i love i love that they did that with that character it's, yeah. it's just it's very dynamic it is really cool and i, I love the fact that they're still playing dozens and dragons <laughs> and yeah, they're they're enjoying it and they're recruiting for yeah. more and who you think you know you look at the hellfire club and this group of guys you think oh my god this is this is a bad gang from an 80s movie that's all too familiar and they turn out <laughs> they're all just a bunch of nerds and yeah. it's totally not what you think it's going to be and uh, i love that aspect i was like finally you know you can dress in your black leather vest and not be stereotyped as a bully you're actually a nerd playing a playing a board game uh, for me that was great um, also, too, I wanted to share a little bit. Uh, let's go back to the Rainbow Room for a minute. The scenes where Elle sees herself in the mirror as a child. Um, amazing CGI on that, by the yeah, way. That was, cool. uh, that was oh, like good. Lucasfilm level CGI, I would say. Uh, but it was very eerie because um, she was seeing herself as a child, but yet in her physical form, she is the, the older Eleven. Um, and the scene you're seeing here is uh, from the final confrontation between uh, Vecna and um, Elle in um, the Rainbow Room. And this is when all hell breaks loose. And um, Daddy finally says, all right, well, we want results. Let's just give her results. Let's go all in and let's show her really what it's all about. 
And my God, <laughs> did we ever uh, see everything? Uh, and we see a lot about you know the, the Papa's Papa's character. We see a lot about Paul Reiser's character that they're really not bad. We all the time think that Papa's out to just kill them all and, and get what he wants. Yeah. No, he's trying to protect Eleven. I mm-hmm. I never really. I mean, I you you have to have somewhat of an attachment to these children because you've literally had them since infancy. Yeah. But he's so stale and stagnant about his rapport with them that it's really hard to read. It's like, is it just a science experiment? Do you actually care if they die or if they're injured? You know, I mean, I know you're as a scientist and you're playing that role for science, you know, that that, that you've got to keep that separate a little bit, but it's like, it's, he's always been really difficult to read. Yeah, I get that. Um, as you can see, guys, there is so much to unpack here, and we haven't even talked about Argyle and Wait, Will Byers' brother toking it up in the back of the Surfer Boy van. I love, I love that we're, we're getting a different angle for Jonathan. I feel like Argyle's a good thing for him. It's letting him not be so stressed out all the time and kind of chill. <laughs> in the one scene where he's like, "Dude, go to the van and do your thing." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jonathan's always been the father figure. He's always been the one yeah. to carry the yeah. the the man of the house role, the mm-hmm. the extra stress um, of trying to watch over his brother while mom's working selling Encyclopedia Britannica, or Amazing. going to Russia or yeah. whatever. You know, she's a little she's a little hoo hoo. You know, so brother's got to be there to watch over the little guy. So I, I'm glad that he has this moment in California to kind of just let loose and be a teenager. Yeah. To experience young adulthood. He's he's not in high school anymore. No. He's he's college level. This is the time of his life where he's supposed to be doing things like this. Mm. So I'm glad that he's actually getting to experience that part. <laughs> and one one more thing too is Dustin's girlfriend that lives out in Utah. Yeah, she's oh, I love we can't her. forget uh, her, uh her character. She does make a reprisal in this. Of course, we all know her from season three. Uh, turn around. You know, <laughs> we know her from singing that, the never-ending story. But um, in 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 true fashion, the 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 group helps helps her to unlock the coordinates uh, of the the longitude latitude of where L's being held. Mm-hmm. And uh, pretty cool how the little scene there with the father. You know, I can't use the computer anymore. And yeah. uh, you know, playing with the power switch and the whole family yeah. getting involved. And the dad's like, what? It was a really funny scene. You guys, um, I'm yeah. loving over in the chat. We're having a who's who's gonna go next conversation. Oh, what's up, real there's life? A, Welcome. There's predictions of um, possibly Jonathan. Nobody would miss look him at if Jeremy and John and, and real life here. They're they're they're, they know, they're chatting all going it up for it. Uh, do you guys think Steve's gonna die? We do need to talk about Steve because that was a huge cliffhanger at the very end of the last episode. Was. He was just like, is he gonna go? Because I think if we lose Steve, I'm going to cry. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I really think now. I'm going to cry hard on that one. Man, he got injured pretty bad, too. Those God, things bit the did. crap Those out of him. bats were wicked. Whatever they were. But uh, I'm worried, though. I wonder if he's going to get infected from something in the Upside Down and change. Yeah. Oh. That's Ooh. what Something's was concerning. Something's it's not He's going to be coughing up slugs or something. I don't know what's happening. I'm worried about I'm, that. I'm going to make a prediction now. Okay. Nancy's not going to have the opportunity to choose. It's going to be Steve or Jonathan, and she her choice will be made for her. One of them's going to die. 
one of them, Steve or Jonathan, because Jonathan has, I, I think I like what his character's doing now, but it's, it's not as prominent of a role. And then I think Steve, we've, we've grown to love him so much that that would be a devastating loss. Uh, so don't toy with my heart, Austin. Um, I'm just saying one of them. I think one of them's going. No, I, I feel you. I do feel you. I feel I, like one's expendable. <laughs> one's I think Jonathan's one's ex- more expendable. Jonathan's yeah. more expendable, but yes. uh, I think too. Yes. What a sucker punch to the gut if it was Steve. Oh gosh, yeah. Mm, that's why I'm. That's what I'm worried about. Because you that don't know. I mean, we have literally no inclination. I mean, or it could be Nancy that goes. I mean, this is uh, we're yeah. we're like playing Clue over here in the chat. I'm loving it, <laughs> loving yeah. it, all of it. Um, that's so what fun. if it's Eddie? Oh, I would be so mad. Oh, God, oh, oh, we need hey, I mean, we need Eddie be, for comic relief. Here's, here's the yes. thing: it's it's so either I, I have a feeling strong character roles. It's either going to be Steve or Eddie if it's going to go strong character roles. I'm. I also think it could be Will. I, I really do. I mean, Will. Look, I, he's I, already I, been there. Will he's, is I know, I think but he's, Will's chapters passed though. I, I think they've he forgotten. He was such about a heavy Will. focus. I think Will, honestly, Will is my biggest can, detriment. Can I season. pause you there when you just said I think they've forgotten about Will? Yeah. Go back to season one. What is Will's birthday? Oh, uh, yeah, and I, I April twenty second. Yeah, yeah. The Literally day forgot about him. <laughs> the day that they're at the the skating rink. Yeah. They flip over the newspaper and it's yep. April the twenty second. They're literally there celebrating the fact that L is with, and it's April the twenty second, and nobody gives a dang. Yeah. The mom is in Russia. It's just like, I mean, and he's just like, and he's not saying anything. I don't know if that was intentional or unintentional. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it's just weird that the day that they're at the skating rink and the incident with the the skate on the face happens is April the twenty second. Yeah. That's just weird. Yeah. Poor Will, yep, man. Yep, 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 yep. I, but there's there's a whole lot of here's know. the thing though. Will was in the upside down a long time. Oh yeah. What if some of that story comes back into rotation? Give him something to do. He yeah, something to do. He needs something to do. He's just a he's a side character right I now. Do, with no I do I do love all of the nods back to the original season with mm-hmm. the lights and all of the notes on how to get in and out and the Demogorgon coming back. The in. light I bright. Love how they keep. Oh, the light bright was, was amazing. Was Brilliant. And can we talk about the rope that literally tore through both worlds? Mm. Oh, what? speaking of, of random cool retro items, Joe, on the coffee table in one of the episodes, I think it was the first or second episode, is Simon. Beep, From the beep, trivia. Beep, co- yeah, beep, exactly. Beep, beep. So... The- the most popular game in the 1980s. Well, a friend of mine, I don't know, was this was it Dez that posted this on the Discord, uh, Diamond Dez, that if you can go to your convenience store right now and get Surfer Boy Pizza, which I believe is rebranded. I don't know it's, if it's yeah, Red. it's like the frozen pizza. Is it Red Baron or is it? I'm not sure. I'll, your, I'll I, I, I'm, I'm curious. I know that's one of the major companies, but it is literally the pizza box from Stranger Things. Surfer Boy Pizza. Oh yeah, yes. I saw that. I saw I did that. See yeah. That. Also, let me, let me take a look. See, there is one. there at Target right now. You can get a Light Bright Stranger Things themed Light Bright for less than twenty bucks. <laughs> That's great. If you want to explore your your creative side and do some light uh, pixel painting, um, and if I'm not mistaken, also this is not Stranger Things related, or yet we don't know. Speak and spell. 
is back at Target. Speaking Heck spells yeah. from ET, the little thing you would type in. Get you and some Reese's like, oh, with that. Oh, Let's go. Okay. Yeah. So the speaking spell is back. So there's That's there's some 80s infused nostalgia for you. I don't see an actual brand other than the Stranger Things. And yes, brand. Jeremy Stoltz says, pick up Kate Bush's CD. Well, we don't really use CDs in the 80s. We <laughs> use I'll buy vinyl. a CD just for you, Jerry, and then then I'll download them. How about get the vinyl, Jeremy? Or just listen Ooh. to it on Spotify. Wow, wow, wow. All right. So, guys, we're not going to review. We're not going to rate anything right now. Because we're not we're, done yet. We're not done yeah. yet. We can't rate season four because we still got in about a week and a half. We got we got it hit, hidden. Two more big, gigantic but popcorn bucket episodes. The cool thing about this is, and I want to let you guys know, we are coming back possibly next weekend. And we're going to be doing an Obi-Wan Kenobi refresher episode. We're going to review okay. the entire six episodes. If and and only if we if we can come back before July the fourth, we'll definitely rehash season four and give our official season four review. So either it's it can be next weekend, of course, because that's that's going to be planned out. But we're hoping around the Thor: Love and Thunder episode, yeah, we're going to do a Stranger Things. We're going to drop it in there. We may even take out Retro Rewind and discuss Stranger Things as the Retro Rewind. That works. Good for me. idea. So that yeah, works for me. But uh, guys, are, we we we're almost thirty minutes over. I mean, I knew we were going to go <sighs> over because Stranger Things is just so much. And the chat, you guys have been blowing up. Michelle, is that Michelle Alexander that is, in the chat? That is, Austin that Daniels, I could see everyone live Ooh. too because they. Oh my gosh! Look at these. The chat is just talking. Oh my I gosh! Love I love it. Got to come back for the for the next time we talk about it, y'all. Yeah. Got to come back. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good to see you guys, John Poffenbarger, Jeremy Stoltz. Uh, let's see here. Let's. Uh, we got uh, Billy Gabara. Uh, I'm trying to make sure I get everybody. Uh, Amir, what's up, Amir? We got uh, Nubadoom. Welcome, Lori Wilkin- Wilk- uh, Wilkinson. Uh, oh, that's Lori. That's creative, crafty Lori. Uh, Jennifer Fisher, it's so good to see everybody in the chat room. Michelle Alexander, I love you. Hope you're doing well. So, guys, we're going to wrap this up on episode 142. But what a jam-packed episode this has been. It's been great. Whether you're listening on their audio podcast or you're watching the live replay, please, what has been your favorite breakout moment of season four, volume one? We want to know. Drop it in the chat. Let us know. What has been your favorite moment? If you can even narrow it down to a favorite moment because for me it's a lot of favorite moments but there's a couple that really do stand out for me but uh austin burke you can check him Uh, make sure you 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 subscribe to his channel he is killing it right now on the reviews he's all the time doing live q a's if you want to ask a a movie question or a series question when he's live on his q a's he will talk to you live he will he's amazing And then if you guys want to catch Lindsay Badger and myself later tonight, probably in about 40, 30 minutes or so after the show ends, we're going to be over on Twitch. We're going to be working on some June tune art so you can see Badge and myself uh, on that. If you want to connect with us, there's a Discord link on the right-hand side. But with all that said, I believe it is time to wrap it up officially. Austin Burke, I pass it to you. Yeah, you guys find me at the Birkinator and on YouTube, all those wonderful things. Uh, We're part of the newly formed creative group known as the Creative Multiverse. For more great media content, artwork, and more, find us on Facebook groups and now on Discord. Find it right there Mm -hmm. at the Creative Multiverse. If you are a creative, produce content, or have a talent, 
We want to see it. We'd like for you guys to share it with us in the multiverse. Oh, yeah. Multiverse. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, guys, my name is Lindsay Badger. Um, hi, Lindsay. You... Hi. hi. Hi, guys. Hi. This is me. Um, if you guys want hi. to follow along with all my art ad- adventures, it's Badger Makes everywhere on all the socials. And I will be going live after this show. Give me like half hour break. Be going live on my my uh, Twitch channel here in just a little bit to get some art on. Um, if you guys want to connect with Popex Cast, mm-hmm. we are also all over the social media places: Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter. Everything is that handle at Popex Cast. We even have email if you want to do it old school yep. and do popxcast at gmail.com for any of those comments or suggestions you might have for future shows. And uh, if you want to check out any of the awesome archive that we talked about earlier in the show today, and this episode also will be there, um, official website, www.popxcast.com. Beautiful. And guys, if you're in the chat right now, I went ahead and pinned the direct link to Badger Makes over on Twitch. I said going live in 30 minutes. So literally all you got to do is copy and paste that URL into your browser. Make sure you bookmark it and make sure you follow her. Uh, because it's going to be, uh, it's, she does great art and she has a great group of people that surround her while she's doing the art. So if you want to hang out with Lindsay and myself in a little bit, click that link, come over, wait for us to go live and we'll see you shortly. Uh, but from all of us here, man, great episode. I could not do these episodes without the, the, the love, the heart and the passion. These guys don't get paid a dime for anything that they do. We all do this out of passion. Because we love talking about retro things. We love talking about movies and series. We just love to geek out. We are our own Hellfire Club. You know what I mean? So this is what PopX is really all about. I'm Joseph Burke at Joseph Burke Arts. And you can find me all over social media at Joseph Burke Arts. Hats off always to Team PopX. Could not do this without Lindsay and Austin. But that's it for this episode, and we'll see you next time on 143. We are tentatively scheduling it for next weekend, July the 26th, where we will do the official Obi-Wan Kenobi wrap-up from Disney+, and we will talk about Miss Marvel as well. By that time, we will be at the halfway point for Miss Marvel uh, almost, so we can give you a little bit of insight there as well. Tentatively scheduled one week from tonight. All right. So from all of us here at PopX, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for being a part of the PopX family. If you liked our show, please visit our YouTube page. Be sure to click subscribe and tap the notification bell so you'll know when we go live next. Visit our Discord channel by clicking the QR code on screen during our live stream, or simply visit bit.ly forward slash creative multiverse. Connect with us on social media by using at PopXCast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.